What's up, everyone? Jason Vest here, the After It Podcast. Today, we got Arthur Chadwick. He is the founder and president of Hyperloop at VCU. He's a double major in mechanical engineering and disruptive innovation student at VCU. This guy is the man. Tune in. You're in for a treat. Welcome, everybody, to the After Ed Podcast with Jason Vest, where we interview thought leaders, educators, and students from around the world, people that just aren't content with the status quo. Why should you listen to me? Because I'm an educator right there in the trenches doing it every single day. Please tune in. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the After Ed Podcast. Today, I have with me Arthur Chadwick. Arthur, thank you for being on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. So you do a lot, man, so I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Okay, yeah, so uh, I am a mechanical engineering junior at Virginia Commonwealth University. Um, I'm also majoring in disruptive innovation, and I've been working on this Hyperloop at VCU project for the past a uh, year and a half or so, um, and we've we've been pretty successful so far. So that's what I've been focusing on most of the time. Yeah. So could you simply, and I know that's kind of a loaded word, but could you simply explain for people that have no clue what Hyperloop technology is, and then maybe touch on some of the future implications for travel? Yeah. Yeah. So. So if you imagine going to the bank and uh, you, you put in your deposit slip in the, in the drive-through line and it sucks that tube up, that, essentially that pod thing right there is what we're trying to do is build something that can transport people inside that little capsule um, through speeds of upwards of 700 miles an hour inside these tubes uh, from, you know, D.C. to New York, Richmond to D.C., uh, in, in as little as 30 minutes, essentially. Um, yeah, so you've got these pods uh, traveling with people in them. Um, some of the uh, implications of travel, um, I'd say that the whole, the whole point of it is to decrease traffic congestion. It's to provide an all-electric, you know, renewable energy uh, source of transportation. It's 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 mostly known as the fifth mode of transportation, uh, which it was popularized by Elon Musk back in 2013. Um, so, in terms of implications, you know, it's it's all trying to um, speed up how we connect with each other. You know, physically. Um, you know, just imagine going for a coffee break in in D.C. Just you know, 30 minutes away uh, from Richmond. Um, and I'd say it's, it's, it's a really, it's, it's almost science fiction, but some of these university teams that are competing in SpaceX's Hyperloop competition have already reached speeds upwards of 300 plus miles an hour. Um, and it's only been a few years, so it's, it's a bright future, so. Yeah, and uh, I, I wanted, I'm glad that you touched on that, and that's a good segue into something that I did want to ask you and get you to um, speak on kind of your, your um, close, more recent past, I guess. Uh, could you tell um, the listeners about your experience with 
Hyperloop at VCU and in particular your trip last year to California? Sure, sure. Um, so, uh, so SpaceX has, like I said, has been holding these Hyperloop competitions. Um, the third competition was 2017-2018 school year and uh, university teams compete to uh, build these Hyperloop pods and put them in SpaceX's test track tubes that they have uh, at their headquarters out in Hawthorne, California. Um, it's about it's about one kilometer long, and uh, so VCU uh, didn't have a Hyperloop team, you know, um, back last summer. So as I was getting more into my mechanical engineering courses, I I wanted to join a project or create a project that kind of encompassed. Uh, you know, teams, uh, you know, applying engineering principles and challenging myself was pretty much the biggest thing I wanted to do. Uh, so since VCU didn't have a team, I pretty much talked with a few professors, talked with um, some friends, and I was like, hey, we should start one. So uh, I founded it back in the fall of 2017, uh, in September, and we had over 50 uh interested members at our first meeting you know it's pretty awesome um and then the whole competition is essentially designing fundraising building and testing your hyperloop pod and all the subsystems within that so you know the pod design team got underway um we had to form a former business team you know can't you can't uh build something if, if you don't have the funds for it so uh towards you know, as last year, as last academic year rolled around, our our pod got into the top 20 internationally um, as one of the top 20 university teams. So we took our built pod out to California um, along with 20 students and two faculty members. And we were at SpaceX's headquarters for eight days uh, using their resources and uh, talking with their uh, employees, um, really just doing a lot of safety checks because uh, SpaceX applies um, the safe, safety and redundancy that they have on their rockets to, you know, this competition that they've created. So it was really nice seeing what, how, how you know, bulletproof can, does your pod have to be in order for it to pass through all these checks and be a, a successful system. So we were out in California for eight days. Um, you know, 18, 20 hour work days for all the, all the students. Um, we were on SpaceX's campus from nine to five and then, uh, we went to a hotel parking lot <laughs> to work on the rest of our pod because, uh, our Airbnb had bed bugs. I'm so glad that you mentioned that. I wasn't going to bring that up, but I was actually um, at Da Vinci Center. There's a, a little, uh, you know, I, I shouldn't say little, but a think tank that um, actually, you know, Garrett Westlake and a few others are a part of. And, and you or your team gave a presentation on Hyperloop that day and, and you weren't there, uh, but they shared that story. I mean, not at all what you probably anticipated. Yeah, well, so what... What kills teams is, you know, not pushing through these really, you know, hard obstacles. Um, so our team was able to, you know, 
for the first time, we, we literally founded in less than 10 months, we were uh, with these top 20 university teams in the world. And, you know, half of them are European teams. Most of them have, you know, half a million to a million dollars for their projects. And we, we did it with about 70,000. Um, so the, the, the goal is to, you know, get there and, you know, be a scrappy team and, you know, be transparent with your team and be like, all right, this is what we need to do. Here's, here's the problem. How can we solve it? So lead times is an issue. You know, you can't order a part if it, uh, if the company hasn't made it yet. And so, that was one thing that we had to work around, especially with our electric motor. Um, and then also just, um, you know, design challenges and getting the pot out there. So, you know, I think, I think being successful is, you know, just, just keep at it and, um, get in there, you know, just keep believing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, um, I'm sure, um, uh, a transformative experience and, I want to come back to that mindset that, that you just alluded to, but uh, I really, because this is um, an education-focused podcast, I'm, and, and I'm a teacher as well, I'm really fascinated with everything that, that you're working on and, you know, this mindset that you, you know, without even speaking to you, just seeing your body work, that you absolutely must have in order to thrive um, in these environments, and so... Um, I just am curious about your your past educational experiences. So, if you could, if there if there is one, um, was there some kind of great opportunity that you were given, um, even as back to as far back as like being a middle school student or a high school student? And you know, could you think back to any particular teacher or individual that just really kind of helped you and propelled you into this space that you're in? And if so. How? Okay. Um, there's a few instances I can think of. Um, one being is, well, getting me into engineering uh, and, you know, loving that. We, uh, I, I'm from Powhatan, uh, Virginia. So yeah. I believe, what is it, sixth, sixth grade or so, there was a engineering the future camp. Uh, and there were, it was, it was on for a few years and I did that. Um, and that was with teachers volunteering their time and creating this little camp to kind of get, get students excited about STEM. And, um, I think there was NXT robots that, that were built and paper roller coasters. Um, that kind of got me into, you know, exploring what, what I like, uh, and, you know, the engineering principles behind it. Um, and back then you didn't know all of these all these formulas and stuff that, that I'm learning now in college. But I think just, you know, creation and um, the ability to freely do that. Um, I think those are some of the big things. Um, I'd say also just, I think we had a relatively uh, good high school. Um, so we had AP courses that we could take. Um, there were some teachers that I was pretty connected with and um, even though I did um, focus more on chemistry, uh, I still had that engineering uh, until I got into college. So yeah, I, I, I'd say um, just having those extracurriculars um, 
just so that the the kids can have fun is is one of the things that I had to say I can I can thank for where I'm here now. Yeah, and I and I want to kind of take that a, another step, and and I'm curious. So you know, a lot of times, you know, you're I feel like really fortunate because you were able to tap into a creative side that you you knew that you you enjoyed and you wanted to expand and be a part of that. Um, but you still probably had to take courses that you just, you didn't like, and, and you knew that you weren't, uh, ever going to use that, or, or, you know, at least it wasn't going to be something, you know, immediately applicable. So for, for a student that's maybe listening to this, um, you know, what would, what kind of advice would you give, you know, if somebody's fortunate enough to figure out what path they want to go, but at the same time, they know that they have to, you know, have these other experiences as part of the the traditional system that we're in now. Yeah. Uh, so I would say that if you've decided something and you're consistently pulled towards a path that you want to go towards, I'd say, you know, take your free time uh, and start there, you know, start looking up on Google, you know, what you're interested in. Uh, you can start out simply on YouTube videos or, you know, even listening to podcasts uh, and, and just getting more involved into the the area or the field that you're trying to, um, you know, go towards. Look up, look up how to, how to get where you want to be. Um, and, and if you're, if you're like, if you're like too eager to like, you know, get through the classes. Um, just use your free time as a way to, you know, keep that vision and um, not get too down about what what you're learning now. Because it, it's all it's all about perspective. You know, um, there's always you know there's always uh, happiness in everything you do. It's just what you're looking at uh, and how you look at it. So I can definitely think of classes that I didn't think I'm. I'd be using right now, but having a mindset to where you just allow that information to flow through you, um, I, I think that's one of the best things, you know, just focus on the fact that you're learning something and, uh, you know, don't, don't try to think uh, on the surface level about it. Think, think deeply about it. Yeah, that's a, that's a really nice perspective and, um, again, a good segue. So you, clearly love solving problems uh, you seek them out and uh you know you you mentioned it before you you have to have grit and perseverance to do what you do so i'm curious how do you think that your successes and perhaps more importantly your failures have made you a more effective problem solver well uh, more recently, I can think of points where, um, you know, I, I, I realized that having a mindset, like pretty much my entire job in, in our Hyperloop organization is to find, literally just look for problems and then solve them as quickly as I can so that everybody else on the team can, can like succeed with their jobs and, you know, we can have a successful um, timeline. Um, I don't know if that kind of answers your question. Can you 
can you like kind of rephrase it in a little sense? Well, you know, I think a lot of times that people say that we learn, you know, you were chosen among 20 to go out to Elon Musk's track. And that's a pretty amazing thing. And you could have easily stopped right there and been like, yes, we've arrived. We've made it. Like, we don't need to do any more work. And a lot of people get hyped up and are content with that success. But I truly think, based off my own personal experience, that it's the it's the failures, it's the shortcoming, it, it's kind of the, the things that you weren't able to do that... You know, with that perseverance and grit, you you actually become more effective on the next problem. So, I guess in a way, you know, you you had your 2018 experience out there. Um, mm-hmm. You didn't come away as the number one. So, what did you learn? You know, n- not specifics, but you know, what did you learn generally speaking that you will apply for this this 2019 competition? Okay, um, so yeah. One of the one of the biggest things that I say is it's one thing to build a prototype. You know, our, I think our, our pod was about six feet long, two feet wide, two feet tall. Um, it's one thing to build it, but it's another thing for it to control itself autonomously. So, uh, not having the experiences needed to, you know, properly hit, meet some goals that we wanted to meet. Um, and we didn't, you know, it, we didn't want to scrunch all of the software development in the very end, like we did last competition. Um, and, and the most important thing is the software integration and making sure the physical part is doing what the software is telling it to and just having a cohesive system. Um, so what we're doing this year is we've, you know, started the entire process months earlier than before now that we have the credibility of last year's um, timeline and around what is it uh, February or so we'll have four or five months of um, just testing our subsystems so in the design process you want to use your previous experiences with um, completing projects from ideation to designing to building it um, you want to try to focus on the long term. So when you're designing something, you want you're thinking about like how do you manufacture that, and because you, you don't want to design something and then realize after it's perfect that it's impossible to make somehow due to the you know the tooling or the machines available. So learning um, just the project cycle that we did last year. Now that we know. Um, what, how extensive SpaceX wants their uh, safety procedures, you know, lifting and unlifting the pod, having simulations of that. Um, there's, there's so many things that SpaceX wants, uh, whether that's vacuum compatibility or um, each individual subsystem like braking, stability, propulsion. Um, so, like I said, this year we're expanding our testing phase and have fundraised have started the fundraising process a lot earlier um, and, you know, reaching out to the community. So, yeah. I love it. I I just, uh, again, when when you're, when your team was presenting, I mean, I was just uh, so excited. I mean, total novice knowing anything about it, but just hearing about, you know, everything that you guys learned and in such a short amount of time, 
I mean, uh, the learning curve, I would imagine, was pretty steep. And I don't think, you know, we as educators, we try to simulate these environments as much as possible. But I don't think you can truly get that um, experience unless you are actually out um, outside of the classroom, figuratively speaking, um, getting your hands dirty and, you know, actually working on a problem. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, what what school tries to do is, you know, provide all the different steps needed to fulfill something, uh, whatever field you're doing, you're, you're, you're studying. Um, they try to give you all these, um, all this information. And so I think doing these real world projects, like, you know, what we've been doing, um, it takes the information and it helps you learn it conceptually because you, you, you have to understand it if you're going to build something successful, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I want to jump into, um, something that you mentioned before, but you are a double major, which I mean, I don't know if people tell you this, but that in and of itself is crazy. I had one, and I don't know how you do it, uh, but you, you're a major in mechanical engineering and disruptive innovation, and I'm really interested in disruptive innovation as a major. Um, could you share some of your experiences and maybe some of the expected outcomes from this type of major? Yeah, yeah, so... Um, this major is coming out of the BIS program at VCU, um, which is kind of like an interdisciplinary studies, um, bachelors. Um, this major combines a lot of the things I've been working on, um, whether that's working with the Da Vinci Center at VCU. Um, I've been in their living learning community and it's called the Innovate LLP and uh, I've taken a few human-centered design courses that um, focus on product design, and um, I have also done the certificate in venture creation track uh, through the Da Vinci Center. And so I kind of, um, those are pretty much all thrown into this, um, this BIS program major um, that really, folk, that it is, the subject is disruptive innovation because it entails what I'm doing with Hyperloop, what I'm doing outside of that. Um, you know, there's a lot of thinking involved with, with like even the project that I, that I had to start. Um, but combining the entrepreneurship and product design courses that I've taken, the certificates around that and working with the Da Vinci Center on that, I kind of, you know, co combined all of that into one, one major. So because, you know, I, I like balance and mechanical engineering is a lot of formula writing, <laughs> all these things. So, yeah, I'm, I, I like being able to apply that to the real world. Yeah, and I'm really fascinated by the, the uh, entry of the entrepreneurial mindset into um, the engineering side and... and so I'm I'm in the tech ed space now, and you know we're we're doing some of those things that you mentioned earlier from your um, early experiences in middle school. Um, but I think just as while the technical side is is super important, you have to have the the great product. 
Um, you also have to know how to get that to market. You also have to know how to, um, you know, solve your customers' needs and and do the fundraising and things that you mentioned before. So, um, when when did you realize that? Um, I would imagine you understood that. Hey, I'm really good at this this engineering side, um, but I have this whole other entrepreneurship piece that that I have to learn about. I'd say um, when I got more into the engineering courses, like over last summer, I was like, I need another area of my life that focuses on applying, um, you know, just previous knowledge into a project that that is pretty much we internally act like a business, um, and and we're dealing dealing with a lot of funding, uh, potential funding. So, you know, I think over last summer was the turning point where I, I loved teams. That was also because of multiple um, just camps I've done over the years and especially scouting, um, you know, just forming team bonds like that and uh, just practicing, you know, coming, coming with strangers uh, together and, um, you know, forming a team, having a set goal, and then delivering what what your goal was, um, you know, I, I wanted to do more of that. So uh, that, that's pretty much it. All right, Arthur, I have uh, one final question for you. Um, so I'm in the middle school space, um, but we don't have to limit it to just uh, those folks. But uh, you've, you've done some really... Um, Really great things, and, and actually, hold on. I'm go, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause because I, I did write down something that I wanted to wanted to ask you instead about the, the balance piece that you mentioned. So uh, I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna do that real quick. Um, all right, Arthur. So I, I want to ask you real quick. Um, you mentioned uh, balance earlier, so I'm just curious. Uh, how in the world do you balance uh, everything that you're doing uh, with Hyperloop? Uh, on top of your other course loads, on top of just being a normal college student, um, how in the world do you, you do those things? I'd say using using a lot of tools, like just getting getting your mind on paper, um, you know, getting your projects down, what what you're thinking about. I I use Google Calendar uh, all the time in scheduling. Uh, when things are happening. Um, so just being aware of, you know, what you need in your life to, um, you know, feel happy uh, and get where you're going, um, you know, identifying that, um, seeing what experiences outside uh, in your environment could help supplement that and, um I, I, you know, just being open and transparent with everybody um, is probably one of the biggest things because, you know, that provides a personal aspect. I think um, if you're doing so many things, uh, you'll realize there's a point where either this isn't you or I need to change something because, you know, 
you're not feeling it enough. So you need the biggest thing is balancing, you know, not only the the time and specific areas of your life, but like how you feel, uh, or like just when you feel, because uh, that's definitely an important aspect about um, how you're motivated. Um, I, I think it's very circumstantial for a person, um, but for me, I'm motivated by the vision. I'm motivated by um, the potential of, of uh, teams and, and ideas. Um, and, you know, that, that's satisfying to try to get towards. So, I mean, you know, for for those listening, uh, you know, Powhatan is a, is a rural um, county just outside of, of Richmond where, where VCU is located. And I would imagine that you're you're a pretty big celebrity when you go back home and the people you grew up with and the friends that you see this time of year. Like, do you are you instantly recognized? Like, do do your friends love what you're doing? Do they do they kind of mess with you a little bit about what you're doing? I mean, what's that experience like? I mean, I'm just doing what I what I like what I love to do. Um, you know, I mean, I guess over over social media or texting, um, you know, checking in with close friends. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, uh, not really specifically, you know, out in Powhatan, there, there was one article in the Powhatan Today paper about um, Harry and I's success because he's from Powhatan as well. Uh, he's the business lead. Um, but no, I don't think out in Powhatan, um, I'd say maybe more in the engineering community at VCU. Um, just people know about Hyperloop because um, of the great marketing and um, you know our successes through the past year. Um, yeah, it's just you know just just another person. I love it, man. Hum- naturally humble. That's a that's a great trait that is definitely going to carry you far. So. All right, Arthur, one final question, man. Uh, I'm teaching middle school kids, but I have some kids that are in high school now. Um, uh, what advice would you give students um, growing up in middle school or high school today? Just just general advice. doesn't need to be anything specific. Okay. So the biggest thing that I'd say is make sure that you experience uh, what you want to experience, um, you know, taking advantage sounds, doesn't, that sounds kind of bad, but just seeking out opportunities that are around you for, um, you know, what field or what specific route you want to go in your life. Um, you know, just be in the moment and, um, you know, don't overthink it. That's that's the big one. Don't overthink it. Just live your life and experience it. Um, and no one's out to get you. Just be open. Be transparent. Um, yeah, we're all in this together. <laughs> I love it. All right, Arthur. Well, I know how uh, I was able to find you and your work and your team's work. But for people listening that want to know more about you. Uh, and your work, where can they find you? Sure. So probably my uh, LinkedIn would be the best place to find it. So that's just 
linkedin.com slash in slash Arthur Chadwick um, to focus specifically on the Hyperloop project, the Hyperloop at VCU project. That's just www.hyperloop.vcu.com. Um, and then checking out VCU Engineering's uh, articles, you know, and VCU's articles about us um, just over time. So, yeah. All right. Arthur Chadwick, thank you for being on the show, sir. Enjoy your break. Thank you so much. You too. All right, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Uh, Jason Vest here. Look, uh, we need you to subscribe to the podcast for one reason and one reason only. Uh, and that is the same reason that you choose to listen to a podcast or not. You go to it. If it seems like it's something you're interested in, the first thing you do is you look and see what the ratings are. You look and see how many people have left positive reviews. So please, if this was of any value to you, return the favor. Thank you. Have a great day.